welcome to MOTR, A Woman's Point of View. Um, this is my second episode, and today I have Amber with me. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, yay! Uh, so Amber is uh, one of our good friends, her and her husband Adam, and um, I wanted to have her on because I think that she has something that she can, a different type of perspective that she can share with other women or other couples out there. And, um, and so <clears throat> she's on today because she is actually recently pregnant. <laughs> Congratulations. <so> excited. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> Feels well, still so surreal saying it, you know? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Yeah. That's so cool. So anyway, uh, I really wanted to, you know, just have you on and ask you, just kind of pick your brain, mm -hmm. really, and ask you some questions about um, really like the process of of everything. And, you know, one thing about this whole series, the woman's point of view for Marriage on the Rocks is to provide a different perspective that Seth and I aren't able to provide to mm -hmm. everybody. And so I think that it's going to be awesome to hear your perspective on all of this. So um, let me, let's, I mean, let me hear a little bit Dive about, right <laughs> yeah, kind of where, how you and Adam kind of, uh, I don't know, planned everything out yeah. and were you, did you always, did you always want children um, before you even got married? Yeah, no, great question. And I feel so honored, firstly, for being on here and uh, just so excited to share our story and just to share like exactly to your point, you know, maybe some tips and tricks or even just the way of life on how we did things. And to, you know, really answer your first question, we did always want kids. So, you know, that's one of the first questions, or at least one of the first ones you should ask each other, right? Yeah. <laughs> Even before diving into dating, you know, kids, politics, religion, um, not necessarily in that order, but, yeah. you know, do you want kids? What does this look like? And we definitely always wanted kids. We were always on the same page, too, on how many we wanted. Both of us wanted two, so that was awesome. You know, Good. no, like, quarreling about okay, I want 16 versus one. <laughs> yeah. Um, so always wanted, you know, a boy and a girl. Adam comes from a family of three. So he's the oldest. And then he has a middle brother and then a youngest sister. I'm the youngest and I have come from two and I have an older brother. And um, so just with wanting to, you know, our biggest thing, and I know you know me well, but just being planners, you know, mm -hmm. very much planners, like to be very organized, very structured. So and the way that we even thought about having kids, it fell into place in that same manner where even before we got married, we knew that we wanted to have the time together first. Mm -hmm. You know, we had seen a lot of our friends, especially with Adam being a little older, just not be able to really cherish that time together in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And even though we had a wonderful first year and wonderful first gosh, six years, we'll be married for six years wow. this April before, you know, we're having our first baby um, that, you know, we just were able to really build that foundation, even with those years being so great, because there's all the small details that, mm -hmm. you know, people talk about or may have struggles with, which we were very fortunate. And, you know, that's just with our communication style too, that lends itself to why it worked out so well in our first years and just us building our foundation, but it's the little things, you know, for us, we didn't live together before we were married. So it's the, okay, when you get home from work, do you put your dishes away, right? Mm -hmm. Do you leave them in the sink? Or, you know, are you sweeping the floor? Like, do you let the dogs out? It's just all those little things that when people have babies in their first year of marriage, we saw them struggle with because I can only imagine the just change thrust upon you in taking care of another human being mm -hmm. and also trying to navigate living with another human being. And, um, you know, so now you have two new human beings <laughs> in yes. your household trying to figure out how to balance everything. And especially if you already have careers established, you know, how that even balances with it. And so kind of bring your first question full circle, you know, just in looking at what we thought about ahead of time. Our main goal was that we want to be married. 
we had like a, you know, value on that too, like at least three years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So minimum of three years. And then we'll talk about, you know, starting to have kids. Uh And so at that three years was really when we started saying, okay, I think we're ready but at our three-year mark was also 2020. So oh my gosh. that was when it was more of like a, we're ready, but is the world ready? Because this is a scary place to bring a child into right now. Yeah, And so um, it was more of the, you know, biological feeling for me. Like, okay, I think I'm actually having baby fever right uh-huh. now. Like it was literally, I just woke up one day and felt like, I'm ready to have children. Uh And Adam, you know, always wanting to have children, it took him a little longer. You know, he's not as open to change right away, which as I get older, I'm becoming exactly the same way. (laughs) (laughs) I love my structure and I love my creature comforts. Um, But with like us knowing that time frame, it allowed us to just almost relax within that. You know, there was no pressure of, Mm okay, you know, when should we get pregnant? Like, mm-hmm. when do we need to have a baby? No pressure of the unknown because we were both completely on the same page. Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's really good. So uh, I know you, I know you're a planner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Adam is the same exact way too. Like He is. Yes. Um, and he is, the way I describe it is that I'm more of a planner organizer. Mm-hmm. So I'm the one who will plan and I take care of like our social calendar, our day-to-day calendar, you know, what we're doing for that week, planning out, you know, meals or things like that. But then we have such a good partnership too to where Adam's a planner and protector. So he's always thinking ahead to the future, such as financial means. Um, how can I protect you from day to day, right? Is your car working well? Do you have your emergency kits in your car? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have everything you need? Did you make it to work okay? So he more so thinks to the future. And even though I do as well, his is more like provisionary. Uh-huh. Okay, that's, that's good. Like you guys kind of fill in the blanks for what each other are I don't know maybe not necessarily lacking but but a little bit you know Mm -hmm. I guess wow that's really good um so but like with with planning and everything I know that so many people so many couples um will be like well I don't want to have kids Mm. until we have x amount of money mm-hmm. or you know i don't want to have kids until we're ready and i think that i think that you can i don't know and maybe i shouldn't speak to this because i don't know personally but i, I do think that you can only plan so much mm-hmm. until it, you're actually it actually happens and mm-hmm. i think that uh that some people well, one, I don't think, I think that a lot of people don't plan enough yeah. with, with having children. But I also think that it it also just kind of happens, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. um, so, like, with with you guys, did it, was it, um, you know, you, you were ready and was it, because I know that, you know, you see movies and stuff like that mm-hmm. that are like, oh, um, I'm ovulating. Yeah. So let's have sex. Come on. Uh-huh. Like it's this time. And was it was it kind of like that for you guys, or was it just kind of go with the flow? Yeah. No. Good question. So on the first part of that, on like the monetary, you know, what did that look like? Because even as we waited, you know, we would get that all the time. Like, oh, it's never a perfect time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the common thing yeah. that everyone says. But I heard something once on one of my, you know, pregnancy podcasts that I'd listened to as well. And somebody mentioned they were also a planner and they said how much that bothered them. And, you know, I kind of thought deep down, I'm like, that's, that's kind of bothers me too. You know, I'm like, I'm just trying to do the right thing here. You know, I've seen all these kind of horror stories, if you will, on people having kids too soon or, you know, they're not really enjoying their kids, right? They're mm-hmm. resentful for them. And, you know, they'll even mention it to Adam and I saying, well, we, we wish that we were doing what you're doing now. Or, you know, we wish that we had that ability to do X, Y, Z. 
And so I heard on that podcast that there's never a perfect time, but there's a smart time. Mm. And that really resonated with me. Mm -hmm. And after I heard that, I, of course, told a couple people who also told me it's never the perfect time. (laughs) (laughs) And it felt a little good. Um, I bet. But, you know, I just said, you know, I understand that. Like, there's never a perfect time, but there's a smart time. Mm -hmm. And just like anything that you do in life, another thing that I heard is that for a woman, if you want to become a pre- if you want to become pregnant and want to become a mother it's one of the largest things in your life that you can train for physically that you need to prepare for mentally and that you need to really be able to hone in and house with your partner spiritually and with your faith if you know that's something that you subscribe to and so that really meant a lot to me and with that it just further solidified when we decided to wait and even looking back, it's kind of like for me, you know, we are faith-based and we can see God's fingerprints through it. Even though at times I felt impatient, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't impatient up until that three-year mark, but afterwards I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, we did want to be financially Mm debt-free. And so that was our first goal. And so whenever we got married, we said, okay, our first goal is to become debt-free besides, you know, our house. Mm -hmm. So the mortgage on our house. And so met our first goal. And so after that, we thought, okay, we really want to find land. You know, that's something we're not in our future home right now. We have a beautiful home, but if we could just pick it up and put it on land, it would be perfect. And that was a goal that we knew that we may not be able to meet just with the market, you know, at the time when we originally started looking. But as you know, we were able to meet that goal as well. And (laughs) In between was the goal of being stabilized in our careers because whenever we got married, Adam actually started with his career and so we wanted to make sure that he felt stabilized because even the first three years of a career, you can just feel very unsettled. Mm -hmm. Learning, it's stressful, you're drinking from a fire hose and so we really wanted to be stable in our careers and I had the fortunate opportunity of moving up in my uh, company and so each year I continued to move into a different position into a higher position and so I didn't fully feel stabilized yet because I was constantly learning you know constantly growing and so finally when I did feel stable it's interesting how it all comes together where and then to your second question it was like that you know once we decided okay we're ready then it was a you know me being organized and planner (laughs) you know I got the little watch on you know checking your basal body temperature your ovulation and really tracking that because that was my next step and going into the education of it as well because even though my mom was you know really good about trying to tell me about you know how a woman's body works or you know what that looks like when you should become pregnant they didn't have a lot of the information that they do oh have yeah now, now. Uh-huh. and i mean it's amazing you know that i can buy a watch and it tracks everything <laughs> yeah, for me and puts it on an app you know i mean yeah. the things that they can do nowadays mm-hmm. and so it was just a learning experience for me too because as you know you know i'm very into fitness and so it was just kind of another level for me of health mm-hmm. health and fitness of oh let me figure out what my body is doing and you know making sure that I know how I'm, you know, reacting on a month on month basis. And then, um, you know, from there, like the movies, it is, it was like, okay, it's this window. Um, but one of the things that we promised each other when we decided to start trying was that we always want to make it fun. We also mm-hmm. saw the movies where you see the quarreling, you know, uh, husband and wife Mm -hmm. and or even people getting divorces right over trying to have babies or you know honestly not enjoying sex and that was not going to be for us Mm -hmm. we were like we're going to enjoy this if we're not feeling it it's just not the month yeah and you know there was some times whenever I'd be disappointed it's like once your heart's in it every month you're like okay this is the month yeah Uh, and whenever it wasn't you know you get disappointed it's just a natural human feeling But it was funny how we, for a while, we just wanted to let nature take its course and just thought, you know, well, we'll try when we can try and we won't when we don't feel like it. But when we decided to really put our mind to it, it happened right away. And so, you know, it was kind of Mm -hmm. one of those things and it did. It was like, okay, it's time. Yeah. (laughs) Let's go ahead. Um, and, uh, And it's funny how that clock works too, because 
the time that it did take um, and, you know, which was now 15 weeks ago, um, that it was one of those thoughts that I had later on of, you know, okay, everything has to interconnect, you know, it's (laughs) like, this has to fall into this area. And this has to, you know, attach to this area. And it's like, everything has to fall into place perfectly. And I remember on our way to the gym one day, I was saying that, and I'm, you know, just kind of in awe of like a woman's body or just how everything works. And thinking that, goodness, if this were all to work together, how much of just a miracle that is and how intricate, you know, we're created. And so that was really cool to me because just the fact that I had that thought and this was actually the month that took finally, oh. you know, it was like, a, wow, that's crazy. You know, I'm wondering if God put that thought in my mind on just how everything was working together. So yeah, wow. Yeah, that's interesting. That's so cool. I think that it's funny because because uh, I know like, I mean, even personally with myself and and when it's like when it's time for me to be ovulating or whatever, mm-hmm. I want to have sex. Like, I'm super, like, I want it. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I I, I think that at least that is probably helpful for couples, you Mm -hmm. know, like, to make it not feel like work, Mm -hmm. I guess. Like, some people, like, some couples make it right when they're trying to have, um, get pregnant. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, the the fascinating thing that I think um, about you and... Just preparing for pregnancy in general. Um, I personally had a a client, had a nutrition client Mm -hmm. that was trying to get pregnant, trying and trying and trying, and her diet was not Mm -hmm. in order. Like nothing, she wasn't taking care of herself physically. And once she started working with me, um, after I think four months, Uh, she got pregnant and like yay oh my gosh it was like it was such a good feeling being a nutritionist and and knowing that that was the goal Mm -hmm. it was to help her and so um I know that like we've talked about it off air before where um about the planning before you Mm -hmm. have before you even start trying to to get pregnant and how important that is on a woman and and her baby mm-hmm. your the child that you're growing um <clears throat> i know that uh it was it was very interesting hearing your take on it and i i don't would you mind sharing that with everybody yeah not at all um and I love this aspect of it because it goes back to seeing God's fingerprints on everything. Because I remember when I first started my fitness journey, 22 going on 23, and, you know, I'd always been active, been in sports in high school, just kind of the regular, you know, volleyball, soccer, nothing serious in college, dabbled a little bit in the gym, but was pretty scared of the free weight area like most women are <laughs> at yeah. that age. Um, and, you know, Looking back, when I originally started, I started for mostly competition, you know, okay, what can I do to compete against myself? How can I push my body? You know, what does this look like? It was for learning, education, and just figuring out, I've always been interested in weight training, you know, I mean, how do I do these exercises? At the time, my brother was going into the Navy, and so I would work out with him here or there as he was training for basic, and, you know, there was one time I, uh, quick side story I trained with him and the next day I couldn't extend my left arm past like 90 degrees oh, gosh. <laughs> and I thought to myself I need to learn how to you know <laughs> work out better mm-hmm. <laughs> I need to educate myself a little bit and so it was actually whenever I was bartending back in the day and our friend who I introduced Adam and I together he's like oh yeah I I know someone um you should really uh you know meet him because I told him I just want to do something for myself I really want to get into personal training or with a personal trainer to learn it's like oh yeah I know someone and you know that's how Adam and I originally met and so even that in itself it's like going into fitness it's like clearly it got me not only where I am today and being able to get pregnant, but also got me the husband who was able to yeah. get me pregnant. Aww, yeah, <laughs> so, that's awesome. you know, it has really enriched my life overall. Yes. Um, but, you know, whenever I originally started again and I had trained 
for a show right away because I thought, well, how can I like best compete, you know? And the show was fun, learned a lot, wouldn't do it again. I'm not a big person who likes to be on stage in that manner, mm-hmm. but I love the competition of it. Like mm-hmm. I love the training for it, but didn't love the competition day on the stage. And so with that under my belt, you know, I started thinking like, what is this for? You know, I know it's making me feel good. It's for my health. And so that's what I just really focused on, you know, the nutrition aspect on that point, Mm -hmm. the macros. And I loved the flexible dieting, learning how to do the macros, what to eat. Um, And that's whenever I really got into my intolerances, you know, what can I not eat? um, Or what is not good for my body to Mm -hmm. eat that, you know, causes me to be inflamed or causes some, you know, adverse reaction. And I really got into that for about a year. And after that, it was just kind of repetition. You know, what can I learn? How can I do different training programs? Just like you and Seth incorporating new things. It's fun. It is. It allows you to push yourself and to compete against yourself. Because doing sports growing up, not that it's not that I didn't love being on a team, but as I've gotten older, I realized that I like to do in things individually mm-hmm. and then bring it to a team. And so that really just allowed me to love weight training even more because I don't need to work out with someone. You uh-huh. know, after I yes. learned out learned what to do, like I will just do it on my own. I'm completely fine with that. And it's very much, you know, your singular sport. Um, and so as I really came into my late 20s, almost early 30s, being 32 now, I started thinking, wow, everything that I've done, it's actually going to be for pregnancy now. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to that podcast too that I had listened to where that woman said, you know, this is going to be the biggest thing if you as a woman decide to, you know, become a mother and become pregnant that you can train for. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, dawned on me that, when I started reading all the preconception books, you know, the how to prepare your body to become pregnant, it's like I could just completely skip the nutrition chapter and skip the physical chapter. And that was just really powerful to me because it was preparing that didn't originally start with that, but just by the fact of keeping myself healthy, that I'm not going to have any of these problems. And it goes back to how, you know, much education I received whenever I was younger, even as I started tracking my ovulation and started tracking, you know, what that looks like on a monthly basis and knowing that, you know, okay, my body's healthy. Like this is why I was doing what I needed to do with fitness or even nutrition. And I didn't even know it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, then you start learning about all these things when people do become pregnant, like preeclampsia, um, gestational diabetes. And I know, I think the scariest thing about pregnancy, and I'm sure you would definitely agree, is that you are opening yourself up to the unknown. Yeah, our life is great right now. Uh And we're literally opening ourselves up to like, something could go terribly wrong with me Mm -hmm. or the baby obviously we're constantly praying that it doesn't and Mm -hmm. doing all the right things to prevent that but it can rock your life Mm -hmm. and you not even know it and so that's the scary part too if you decide that you do want to do that and you know it goes back to how I was able to be healthy and stay healthy to prevent all of those things Mm -hmm. because some of these things that I'm now learning or even learned a couple years ago when I was getting excited about pregnancy and learning more was a lot about, you know, if you don't treat your body right as the woman, because you cannot become pregnant if your body itself is not allowed or allowing itself to be a home for your baby. And Mm -hmm. so that really struck me too, is that you have to be healthy because if your body is having some kind of adverse reaction, whether it be against weight or your diet or the way somebody's exercising. Or even stress. Exactly. Mm Yes. Stress. Absolutely. And, um, and it's not going to actually say, yes, you know, I'm going to be able to grow something Mm because it has to be at like the best stasis to be able to grow a human being right um and even to the stress point that's a great point because that's what I was mostly concerned about even though my diet was together and my physical you know 
uh, ability in nature was together. It was the stress, which that lent itself to my job. And that was the biggest thing as to why when we started trying, it was more so of letting nature take its course, but realizing that, okay, there's never a perfect time, but there's a smart time. Mm -hmm. And knowing that uh, if I would have gotten pregnant, you know, maybe a year or so ago, I would have been very stressed and I would have put that on the baby and myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that can be even worse mentally, as you know, we all know as women, is having a miscarriage and that can become very mm-hmm. apparent with stress. Um, and then with the diet too and how much that plays into hormones and oh, gosh, knowing yes, that, yes. you know, your hormones are everything. Mm-hmm. And that was super enlightening to me that especially as a woman, like if you are not regulating your physical ability or, you know, your um, diet, that your hormones are just going to be wild. And that also lends itself to being able to keep and hold a baby you know if you don't have enough progesterone like you're not going to be able to keep that egg within Mm -hmm. the first you know 12 weeks like it's not necessarily going to attach correctly um and it's not to say that those types of things are always in that nature you know there's absolutely things that can happen around that but it's mostly lends itself to you know if something is abnormal in your body is having kind of saving you if you will saying you know it's not the right time like this just isn't going to fit you know there's some type of um, genetic issue with the egg or if you're not able to produce the hormones and so um, yeah I think kind of bringing that full circle too that was the biggest thing is just knowing that wow I'm so glad I did this yeah kind of looking back oh my gosh yes yes absolutely I know. And, and so like, I think that like, um, I, and I've shared it on, on our podcast before mm-hmm. that, you know, why I didn't want to have kids and mm-hmm. why I chose not to. And, and part of the reason is because of, like you said, the unknown, yes. the, um, well, one, I, I had a stroke when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And so I, I would be very high risk. Mm-hmm. And also my little sister is, uh, dis- developmentally disabled mm-hmm. and so like with that it, it I was just like for me I don't <laughs> I'm, I'm selfish you know I, yeah. I I love my life the way it is mm-hmm. and the unknown of that like if if that were to happen to me and to and and it sounds kind of awful but <laughs> if that were to happen and I was to have a you know, disabled child mm-hmm. or die myself, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like I just, I just didn't want that. And I chose not to, yeah. but I think that so many, so many people don't necessarily think about that. Right. And it's very refreshing to hear you, you know, say that mm-hmm. like that it's, you just don't know. You yeah. really don't know. Yeah. And I respect that so much on just your thought process around that because you know, even Adam and I waiting, it's like nobody outright said it, but they would have said that that was even selfish, you know, oh, wow, why aren't you bringing kids Mm -hmm. in the world? And like, I absolutely don't think at all that thinking about those things are are selfish or in any way, I feel like it's such, it's things that people need to be thinking about to to Mm -hmm. your point, right? It's, It's the conversation and even between husband and wife, seeing the movies and I think that was the value of us being older it's like you see the movies you see people having all of these situations around you know them trying to get pregnant and then whether they lose the baby or whether they have a baby that's disabled or if they have the baby everything's fine and then they lose the baby right Mm -hmm. in a tragic accident and you know Adam and I talked through all of those things too and knowing and predetermining too that we're always going to put our marriage first. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a tragic event and you have to take those things as they come. Like if, if that does happen, clearly, you know, we would not want that to happen at all. But with, you know, especially a developmentally disabled child before we received our genetic test back, because we decided not to do a pre-carrier screening to see, you know, what we're a carrier of, because we also don't have anything really in our family history. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, in your situation, we have absolutely done that, mm-hmm. you know, which is understandable. And it's a non-invasive test. Just one of those things is kind of like, uh, we didn't want to take off work and, you know, yeah. pay the money. Uh, you know, we'll wait just because we didn't have that in our family history. 
And when we did, or when we were waiting on the genetic test and also waiting to hear back the gender, it was one of those where you're just kind of waiting on pins and needles a little bit. It's like you kind of know in your heart, especially after you become pregnant, it's these weird things that I would have never thought actually happen. You hear about them, but it's like you have these, you know, motherly feelings. Like, I feel like everything's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But when we got the test results back being low risk, it was just a huge relief because that is, it's absolutely Mm life-changing. I mean, that's a complete difference between having the thought process of a child who you, you know, are thinking through the stages as anybody thinks when they have a child, right? You're going to have a baby and then you're going to raise them and teach them and then they're going to go off and have their own life and their own Mm -hmm. family and their own kids. That can't always happen. Yeah if it if there's a challenge Mm -hmm. and um and not only that but it's halting to the father and mother's life too oh gosh and so yeah just like thinking through that not just kind of flying by the seat of your pants I think is so important And, and even thinking through like if something tragic were to happen clearly I would be sad and you know it'd be a very sad event but it's not something that's going to cause me to pull away from Adam, right? Mm-hmm. Like what you see in the movies oh, or what you may gosh. see in other scenarios too. And having that bond and already talking about it was really important to us too. Because that was one of my main things when I started having that baby fever. It's kind of one of the first things I brought up of, I don't want this to change us at all. Mm-hmm. Like, And that was kind of one of the largest um, fears for me was that at the very beginning, this was probably two years ago, was I don't want this, like anything bad to happen. I don't want this to change us at all because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just going to enhance our life. This is going to enrich our life. And even though there's going to be challenges, it's kind of one of the other things that people love to say, right? Oh, you're never going to get sleep or, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, it's going to be so (laughs) hard. And, but that was one of the things that we consistently heard. And we're like, you know what? Well, we're going to remove all the barriers that we can to not make it hard, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to be financially stable. Um, you know, my parents divorcing whenever I was two and my brother being four for the longest time. And, you know, I respect them for this, that they never really disclosed why they got divorced. And I appreciate that because it allowed us to not have any preconceived notions about either parent or, you know, get in the middle of that. But for the longest time, I thought it was because they had kids. And so it was just in my mind oh. that, oh, they had young kids and they had too many barriers. And it just and they didn't work out. It. Yeah, Exactly. They just uh-huh. had too much turmoil and having kids amplified that. And so that had been in my head for like 30 years, probably until, you know, maybe two or three years ago of, nope, this is why. And so I'd just always been very career driven and knowing that want kids but later until we can establish all of these things and make sure that we are solid as a couple too to where if anything were to happen we are good yeah it'll be sad but we're good Mm -hmm. yes oh my gosh yeah so I know like because you guys are are very good at prioritizing each other and um, making time for your date nights every week and, and all that. So once, once baby, I know that you guys are still doing that mm-hmm. and because we ran into you guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on date night, but, um, but like once baby comes, um, what are you guys, what are your plans for, for, you know, still keeping each mm-hmm. other, you know, just you two as a unit with a child? Yeah. You know, and, and prioritizing date night and stuff. How do yeah. you guys plan on doing um, that? So we have a lot of great support. Our parents are in town. Um, and one of the things that we really want to make sure of, and we've already told them, you know, we're not having a child for our parents to raise. Like, oh, you gosh. know, <laughs> we promise we are not going to pawn our child off on you all the time. But they want to be a part of our child's life so bad because my brother, he lives uh, out of state. And so he has the only granddaughter Mm -hmm. so far. And so this will be the first grandchild in state where my parents can have that, you know, fantasy of seeing them weekly. And even though my brother is really good about visiting, it's just not in the same state, you know, Mm -hmm. it's just different. Um, And so with that, you know, we'll have them to support and help. And what's great is that 
also one of the reasons why we waited and kind of goes under the umbrella of being established with our jobs is Adam's schedule. So we've been waiting a really long time for him to have enough seniority to have the right schedule so that we have the ability to choose on what that looks like if we have to shift it a certain way. Mm. And so with him working 3 p.m. to 1 a.m. and then I work, you know, a traditional 8 a.m., you know, to 6 p.m., then we have a small window of time where we'll need, you know, coverage, if you will, during the days. But then for date nights, and that's one of the things that hope I'm not speaking out of turn uh, to anybody who are parents right now because, you know, I've heard it's hard, but, um, you know, I don't understand why people don't have date nights for seven years. And I think part of it is like what you mentioned, they didn't prioritize it or build the habit originally. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm really big about and is probably the main theme are is the habit building. It's kind of like the underlying theme of habit building, building of diet, of exercise. You know, it's when things get hard that you don't default to the easy. You mm-hmm. continue to take care of yourself, take care of your marriage, take care of your finances. And I think that's the important part is that if you're only doing it or you never do it, you're not going to default to it. Oh, I know. And so with those habits and already having that for six years yeah you know? exactly <laughs> or probably and longer yeah, even 10 you know? yeah, yeah. uh-huh <laughs> um and having those it allows us to know and feel confident like i have no fear that we're not going to be able to have our date nights and not only that what's great about me being older is you know our baby isn't fulfilling a void in me you know i'm very sound spiritually and in my marriage and in my career and so I don't need the baby to fill something in me and so I don't feel and again I haven't had the baby yet (laughs) I know (laughs) but you know those mothers who can't necessarily get away I don't foresee that for me Mm -hmm. where you know I have that support group where I feel confident that they'll be able to take care of our child for three hours you Mm -hmm. know once a week to go and have a date night Mm -hmm. you know and I'm really excited to drink again so we're absolutely (laughs) having a date night (laughs) so um yeah I think it just goes back to the habits and knowing that you know we'll have that coverage and it'll be there, but then we're also going to have the backup plan. So it's mm-hmm. kind of part of the planning too. Yes. And making sure that we have babysitters as well, mm-hmm. where it's not going to be a, oh, the parents couldn't watch them tonight because they have their own lives, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be a, nope, like let's call up Sally and get her over here because we're not going to miss our date night. Like yeah. it is a priority. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. That's really, really good. Uh, so I know that you... Okay, a couple things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um so Adam is a he is a cop mm-hmm. and um and you also are a career woman. So are you you're a VP? Uh SVP of, of operations. SB, mm-hmm. SVP of operations. So I know that you know your career has been something that is very mm-hmm. important to you and you are again like you said earlier, you know, you kind of basically climbed the corporate ladder mm-hmm. and are doing very well for yourself. So how do you, how do you feel all of that is going to be once you have the baby? Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that question. Cause this is really the area that I've been the most nervous about originally. And most of it stemmed around telling my leader because typically I default to, you know, obviously faith, my marriage, family, you know, in that order are our priorities, but work, it's been the other central focus, you Mm -hmm. know, because we don't have kids. Sometimes it's either work or what you're doing entrepreneurially or maybe a main hobby. And then, you know, all those other priorities that take precedent within, you know, the margin of time around that main central item. And so the biggest thing that I've really been trying to do over the past year, and this was one of the things that 
why we paused for a little bit or was just kind of letting nature take its course and weren't really adamant on trying is I hired a executive coach. And Mm. so she's like executive coach counselor because I really wanted to be able to find boundaries. That was the main goal were boundaries and being able to ensure that I was able to build habits because I recognize in myself, I do not have good boundary setting. You know, I was very much, yes, I can do everything. Mm. And it's good in a way. Employers love that, right? Yeah. I'm going to raise my hand for everything. Yeah. I can do it. I'll do anything I put my mind to. But then it's also not great either because then you're the person who's working until eight o'clock every night. The absentee mother, the absentee wife, mm-hmm. right? And it can be very easy to fall into that. And I was, my biggest thing whenever I first um, started with my coach counselor was that, you know, I don't remember a life that I wasn't like this. And that was the scariest part to me. And so at that time I told her, I don't know how I'm going to be able to have a family. And she straight up told me you're not right now, which I needed that. Right. She's like, you're not going to be able to, like you were doing way too much. You know, we're doing careers, house renovations, Like we do, you know, all of our own stuff, like cleaning, mowing the lawn, you know, it's just all those ancillary things, Mm -hmm. shopping, food prep, working out, doing own meal plans, fitness, you know how that, how much that takes. Yeah. Um, And so it was like, everything was DIY and everything was self-sufficient where it's like, I needed help somewhere. Yeah. And Adam is such an amazing partner where, you know, we're constantly helping each other out, but even he was feeling burnt out, like, okay, on Every day off, he's doing house renovations, you know, and it was like, we just really weren't finding rest. And so that's whenever I realized, I think I need to, you know, seek out some help to help set some boundaries. And I had always kind of poo-pooed counseling before (laughs) and not that I don't feel like it doesn't work, but I was like, this isn't going to work for me. And so, you know, I was completely proven wrong. <laughs> and, you know, a year later mm-hmm. since I've been with her. Who's your um, who's your coach if you don't want um, to No, it's through BetterHelp. Better. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So I love it because, you know, for me, I was like, well, I can't add another thing to my schedule that I have to get to or have to make mm-hmm. or, you know, take an hour out of my day. And so I'd heard it through a podcast. Yeah. As you can tell I love podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, it was like, oh, you can sign up and get a free code, you know, try it out. And it's like, this is perfect if it's online because then I can just, you know, do this wherever needed and it can be on my phone. And so, um, yeah, it's been amazing. Um, And I've been with the same counselor, you know, since a year ago. We were literally a match made in heaven. Oh, good. Um, She used to like drive I want to say she said she was like one of the nation's top executive directors and so you know little things that I find out about her too which Mm -hmm. is really neat um and just shows how much of a match we are but um just with that being said you know whenever I originally told my leader a couple weeks ago I was more nervous about me not making a big deal about it like saying oh yeah I'm pregnant but you know I'm not going to be out too long Mm -hmm. like almost downplaying how important it was to me and Mm -hmm. upplaying how you know important work should be even though this is obviously more important to me but I was almost afraid of you know work not being important and if it's not important to me it feels like I'm I'm not going to do a good job for some reason Mm -hmm. or it's like if it's not the top priority on the other side of the scale then somehow you know I'm not going to be performing my best which somehow over the years I've just grasped onto that thought and I don't know where it came from and that was kind of one of the things that you know I needed to break down and I think some of it was from some leaders that I had seen who became mothers and then started becoming absent at work right Mm -hmm. then they're the ones who are calling out and then you're the ones having to pick up their work so I think some of it was just over the years of resentment almost built up towards these people Mm -hmm. who they were great people they were great workers before they had kids and then all of a sudden (laughs) you know know. they were gone and then I'm the one working until 9 p.m and I'm not even a mother you know and it's like you know 
so it was one of those things I think that that's where it came from and that I really, you know, and I'm still trying to unpack to make sure that that's not in my head. But one of the podcasts that I had listened to, it was uh, a executive mother and she said, you know, what I really had to come to terms with in what she ended up telling her leader was I was called for a career and motherhood. And I loved that. And I told that to my boss and he loved it too. And he was so happy oh, for good. me. Um, but I thought it was funny because whenever I first told him, he thought I said, I'm called to a career in motherhood. Oh. <laughs> and he almost had a heart attack. He's like, you are not leaving us, leaving. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and one of the more fearful things is that my predecessor, the leader before me, she left after she had her second child. And so uh, that's the that's the last taste everyone has in their mouth. Oh, gosh, yeah. And, you know, she was in the role just about as long as I've been now. Oh. But oddly enough, when she found out that she was pregnant with her second, you know, even though this is probably not something that uh, we should have done because we're on our own timeline – at the time, I was like, yeah, Adam, like, let's just hold. She and I can't be out at the same time. So it just kind of shows you, like, the importance I have put on my job. And sometimes it can be a little bit too much mm -hmm. um, where it's like, why would I stop trying to have kids because somebody else at work yeah. ha is having a kid and we can't be out at the same time, you know? Uh -huh. But I also want to be a good employee and do a good job. And, and it does mean a lot to me. And, you know, especially how hard I've worked for it and so I don't want to lose that and so it was basically going back to reaffirming you know I was called for a career in uh, a career and motherhood uh -huh. <laughs> and knowing that wholeheartedly and then also I got some really good advice from one of my other girlfriends and she said don't downplay it like you are so excited about this like God has blessed you with this look at how hard you've worked for this like you don't have to over explain yourself and luckily my leader and I have an excellent relationship he's met Adam he's very much a family person and so I did explain things but in a way that I felt really comfortable about and it wasn't over explaining to feel like I was you know trying to downplay the pregnancy yeah um because, you know, I didn't... I could see, yeah, women doing that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's a thing. And it is weird. I actually, like, sought out specific articles and podcasts about it. It is, like, a thing. Way more than I thought. Wow. And it helped me feel better, too. Because uh -huh. I was like, okay, it's not just me. So actually hearing other women really helped dissolve a lot of my fears. And then at some point I was like, okay, this just has to happen, you know? Cause I was like, I want to announce it to everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Cause I really wanted to make sure and do him the respect of letting him know first before, you know, announcing anything, whether it be on Facebook or social media, mm -hmm. just in case you never know somebody were to see it or yeah. whatnot. And so, um, but even to like what that looks like when we have the baby in my career, I will say that that's still something I'm working through mm -hmm. to make sure that, I don't feel like I'm being a bad employee or a bad mother because I hear that a lot. And that's mm -hmm. what I've heard from a lot of w women in these podcasts is that they never feel like that they can completely fulfill one aspect, that they're always, you know, half focused or diluted on everything that they're trying to do. And I, you know, absolutely have the tendency for perfectionism and so I can see that for myself where I could say you know I want to do perfectly in my workouts and my diet perfectly in my recovery you know perfectly in my career and being a mother and so I'm really trying to like build those habits it's funny I have a session tomorrow with my counselor and that's probably what we're going to be talking about oh, that's good. <laughs> so um so like the schedule part we have worked out which is great because that's probably half the battle uh -huh. um my boss uh he is super open to how much time I need but you know I kept telling him I was like this is my plan you know I'm gonna do the six weeks and then I told him week seven and week eight because I actually offer this to my employees too is that I'll do half days, but continue to decrease, or I'm sorry, half days in office, half days at home, but continue to decrease that just to help assimilate back. Cause there is so much going on from what I learned after you have a baby, you know, whether it be oh, from gosh. breastfeeding to the baby, like missing you and yes. needing you to, you know, just being able to function on schedules and like if Adam needed something and I needed to be home. So 
Um, I definitely know my role is not a work from home. You know, I can't be work from home full time. Um, but you know, it's one of those things that maybe 10 years from now, um, you know, 15 years, depending upon what the outlook looks like. I see myself with my company now for a very long time, but you never know where, you know, the trajectory takes you or where my leader's going to go as well. Cause I highly respect him and, you know, would follow him anywhere. And so, um, with that being said, it's like, you know, I could open up my own consulting business in the future and have the ability to be at home yeah. or, you know, have that flexibility. Um, but yeah, ultimately to answer your question, as a working mother, as a soon to be working mother, that's probably out of everything, oddly enough, is the most difficult to navigate. Yeah. And I've realized is a very difficult to navigate for other women too. Mm-hmm. And not to the extent that I don't feel like I can do it. Like I feel like I am golden. Mm -hmm. I know I've known my whole life, like I'm going to have a career and a family. I have no reservations on what I can do. It's weird because I am just concerned about other people thinking I can't do it. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, because of my thought and whenever I saw how how we, you yeah, yeah before exactly yes. how I had to pick up slack yeah. and you know and then whenever people would have families I thought oh no you know I know so yeah like uh I I personally know um one gal that I used to work with, and and it's funny that you say all of that because yeah. like because I I definitely went through all of that uh-huh. with you know women calling off because and and I knew when it was going to happen because the night before they would post something on Facebook saying, Oh, someone said I wasn't feeling well. Mm-hmm. And this and that. I'm like, Oh, here we go. Uh-huh. And <laughs> another, it probably sounds petty, but um, it sounds petty, but we, I literally counted like the days or how many weeks mm-hmm. that we went actually probably just days, how many days we went, with nobody calling off and so and it was like never like I don't think we the whole time that I was here in Tulsa Mm -hmm. I don't think we went one week without one person calling off that's so frustrating and I was just like oh my gosh yeah yeah yeah. so it's funny that you say that but so with um with Adam being a police officer um how how do you i know that you know being a a wife of a police police -hmm. police officer (laughs) in general is you know kind of it could be kind of scary Mm -hmm. you know at times and you don't know what's going to happen and and all of this and like i don't know i uh, not to like bring something out to think about Mm -hmm. but you know how how are you guys both going to, you know, navigate that with a child and mm-hmm. and make sure that that you, you know, that you all feel okay and safe and telling right. the child even, you yeah. know? Yeah. No. Um, and it's interesting because just like any niche type career or trade, it's like once you get into the community – you have such a good support system. And so I've learned a lot just from watching a lot of the other mothers because we are some of the last couples in any of our circles to have kids who want to have kids. And so, you know, we've learned a lot just from watching and observing others. And a lot of the safety aspect is actually social media. And so we haven't necessarily decided how we want to navigate that because we do have a lot of family who's out of state Mm -hmm. and so Mm. you know to me I'm not opposed to you know doing the whole yearly written letter with the pictures right like the old days or old school days I think my aunt still does that you know which is cute you know I have pictures of all your kids and all the great things that they're doing and you know a five-page Christmas letter but you know that takes a lot of work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and yes. money. And Facebook is free. Yeah. And so, you know, with some of those things, I've been really trying to observe too on social media people who, whether they take pictures of their child and don't show their face and why, or, you know, when you're out at outings, 
where when they're younger, you can't necessarily correlate them with their father being a police officer, mm-hmm. but then in the home, make sure that they know and that they're proud of him, right? That they don't see it as a scary thing. Yeah. And so what I've seen a lot of our friends do is that they tell their kids the truth. And as soon as they can understand, they say, whenever you're out in public, don't necessarily say like, my daddy's a police officer if daddy's not with us type thing. Mm-hmm. And it is sad and scary, but mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of people with the current climate who don't love police officers. And so you never know what could happen. And especially being in such a, you know, Broken Arrow isn't super small, but it is a smaller, you know, mm-hmm. city. And so with that, you know, just knowing that some people that could have been arrested, we could see at a lunch venue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's happened before. Yeah. And so just like any police wife, um, they'll know that when you sit in a restaurant, your husband always needs to sit to where he's facing the door so he can see who's coming in. I think that's with most husbands who like to be protective yeah, anyways. That's, that's or that's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And he's military background. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so... You know, those types of things where I know Adam is always like overseeing and protective, but you know, I've seen funny videos before to where when the wife is with the husband, it's like, we're just in la la land, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're protected. <laughs> but whenever it's us alone, like we're actually alert and, you know, looking yeah. around and yes, you know, paying yes, attention. Yes, absolutely. Um, I know like of... to like airport signs and, yes. and all that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's making sure that, you know, I am alert whenever I'm with the child without Adam too. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is a social media that we need, need to figure out how to navigate. Mm. Cause you know, we do have family members who love social media, but they're not opposed to, just knowing the boundaries, like I think they'd be very respectful about that. But mm-hmm. we just have to outline what those boundaries look like. Because I've heard if you ha- if you leave any gray area and then something happens, that's whenever it becomes, you know, an issue. Um, I think some of the other things is, you know, not posting, like, basically, it's just different for kids now. And so, like, not posting pictures of your children whenever, you know, if it's a little girl and she doesn't have a shirt on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's mm-hmm. learning all about those things. Yeah. Like, social media has a dark underbelly and it's so sad and so those you know pictures that even if they're fully clothed and they look really cute you have no idea who's using those and Mm -hmm. that's that's the really sad and sickening part Mm -hmm. um but it also are is things that we know and maybe not you know the common um audience you know knows um so you do see the underbelly and so you know also not posting pictures of the front of your home or mm-hmm. like those signs that people have now that they put in their front lawn whenever they oh, have their kids yeah. birthday parties uh-huh. or you know or like a new baby like that's a target it's an extreme target for people mm-hmm. um and it's sad because it's like people are just excited like yeah. they just they're excited and they want to celebrate but unfortunately you just can't do that whenever you know what actually happens you know <sighs> whenever like three doors down you know that guy's been arrested for, you know, lewd molestation or something mm-hmm. like that. And so, you know, it's those things that we know um, and that um, – and that's not a real scenario. It's just – No, an I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but uh, – but, It's know, just scary. It is. Those are scary things. And yep. it's another thing that, like, thing, people don't think about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you are – you know, put in this situation because, Mm -hmm. because of your, your husband and and everything. And, and he is put in this because, you know, that's his job and that's Mm -hmm. what he has to do. But like, you know, when you're a regular, you know, person, just a, you know, normal everyday kind of gal or whatever, like you just, you don't really think about those things. You, You, maybe some people do. Some people think about every type of scenario that could happen Mm -hmm. but a lot of people just don't understand that there are shitty weird people out there yes oh my gosh yeah that is so true it is awful and you know it's kind of being conscientious too about and this is sad because you don't want to have to ask your friends or your family, like, what are your social media settings, right? Mm -hmm. Like, do you have it on public? Do you have it on friends? Only friends can see certain things. Who are your friends? Who Mm -hmm. do you accept? You know, it's like Adam and I aren't accepting random people that we don't know, Mm -hmm. you know? So if we 
post something, it's in a circle uh, or in a, you know, circle that we know who's receiving it. And even then it's like, there's some people that I should probably weed out, you know, that they're from like way back ago, oh, high I school, know. you know, yeah. that we all uh-huh. have, right. Yeah. Um, who you just don't talk to and you just don't really know who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it defeats the whole purpose of social media because you do it to, receive the encouragement and Mm -hmm. you know the likes which is exactly what people want to do when they have kids and Mm -hmm. you know or grandparents to you know share everything but I think that's the hard part is that at the surface level whenever I think about it I've seen a lot of articles where you know if I had my whole childhood on social media I hate even seeing my memories from 10 years ago and what I put <laughs> on like my embarrassing. Yeah. It is so embarrassing. I'm like, I'm not even the same person. Why did I do this? I just deleted one the other day. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Really? Yeah. And that's whenever I was in, you know, my 20s. Like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Oh, gosh, I know. I can't even imagine. You know, because Facebook... Um, I didn't have it until my senior year of high school, you know, and even Adam being older, he's like, oh yeah, I remember when Facebook was only available to college students. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like having your whole life, it's literally exposing your kids to stardom in a way, you know, and look at what happens to every child star, right? Like <sighs> one, maybe 0.01 out of every 10 actually turn out regular okay, right and yeah. not crazy uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and so it's like us opening it up and going back to you know the police portion of it we also have to be careful too it's interesting because I am always conscientious that I am representing the community and you know his department is very big about that and I feel like that's really important and even then you know I'm, I don't um, I'm not friends with anyone I that reports to me at work, but there was a transition that occurred with my previous employer mm. and this current employer. And when I left, you know, there was a lot of people who ended up friending me at that time. You know, I didn't know that they would come over to my current company. And so I accepted oh. them. And so when that happened, you know, as some of my direct reports who I really enjoyed working with, right, I really want to stay in tune with their lives. You know, Uh at that point, like I have a very strict boundary because I feel like that that bridges too many, you know, things and knowing personal matters. Um, But, you know, once I came over, you know, I I didn't unfriend them, but I was able to put restrictions around it Mm -hmm. to where, you know, they're not able to see new posts or anything because, even though I love seeing about their lives, you know, I really want to make sure to have that boundary because that's their life. Like mm-hmm. I shouldn't have, you know, be peering into that, especially if I need to make business decisions or HR decisions that shouldn't be something that's influencing it. Yeah. And so, um, you know, back to the police and, you know, they're, um, we just really have to make sure that we're careful, right? Mm-hmm. Like nothing really political, nothing, um, you know, very, um, controversial, like that you're a pillar of the community and kind of bringing that back to an old school type mentality Mm -hmm. that seems to be a little bit lost where, you know, just stay professional and yeah, Yeah, that's nice. That's actually nice. Uh (laughs) And if you want to get a little while, get an Instagram, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. And don't friend any of those people. (laughs) I know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but you know, that's the best way I can describe kind of how we're going to look at that or, um, you know, there's still some decisions that we have to make. But I love that we have the police community, though, because I am so proud of Adam and like I want our child to be so proud, too. And mm-hmm. so I never want them to feel fearful, but I want them to be educated and know when and where to act and when and where and how to say that we're a police family yeah yeah that's awesome that is that is great um so it is we are we've been going for a little over an hour now oh my gosh um this is so, so fun. you know i think i know i'm so glad that you came on i'm so glad that you you know were open to to doing this and to telling every you know letting me pick your brain a little bit and telling everybody out there you know your your story and your perspective on things um i do i would however like to have you back on again like i don't know we'll see if you have time (laughs) 
after baby I'll you know this chair a little bit more <laughs> yeah. um and, and if, if you're open to it i think that it would be awesome to to just kind of do a uh i don't know something where you know this is what i said before and you know that. That yeah. i think it would be neat to to see all of your your plans kind of you know come, come together hopefully. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah so um yeah but thank you so so much for for doing this i really appreciate you being here thank you i cannot wait to come back and thank you so much too yeah um well as always thank you all for listening and watching uh don't forget to subscribe to our youtube channel like us on facebook follow us on instagram and listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts and we will talk to you next time Oh, 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 oh,